On today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the most ambitious projects ever in the history of Toronto, Tridell's The Well. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in as always. Your host here, Andrew LaFleur. If you ever want to reach me, you can do so, 416-371-2333. You can also email me directly, andrew at truecondos.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I hope you're having a great day so far. Today's episode, we're going to be sitting down with Jim Ritchie, who's the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Tridel, Canada's largest condominium builder and possibly the best known condominium builder. If you just ask 10 people on the street, hey, name a condo builder, chances are most of them would say Tridel over any other builder. The Tridel brand name is uh, simply the most established one, I would say, in uh, in our industry. So very exciting to sit down with Jim. But more importantly, what are we talking about? We're talking about a number of different things. You'll hear more about Jim's story. Um, fascinating to hear uh, his story with Tridel, and, and I'll let him tell you about that. But we're also talking about the well, the well development very interesting, kind of a microcosm of what it's like to be a condo investor sometimes where this is one of the most ambitious projects in Toronto's history. Uh, it's a scale unlike really anything else that's out there. And we'll get into to the, the stats and everything on that. If you're not familiar, it's at Front and Spadina. It's pretty much an entire city block, maybe two city blocks really if you look at the size of it. Um, six uh, is it six or seven buildings there six or seven cranes are on site now more cranes apparently are on the way uh, it's absolutely incredible to see if you just get a chance to go down and see that uh, construction site so many people working on site there and we've been waiting for this for over five years now the well officially came out the name the well we knew about the well the proposal known as the well for more than five years now and so the, the anticipation, the hype, and everything has been building in our industry for a number of years. And now, believe it or not, in just a blink of an eye, it's almost gone. It's almost over. So we wait for five years for something, and then it goes on sale. And a project like this, with this kind of a following built by a builder like Tridel, it goes so quickly. So again, it's a, it's a great lesson there for any condo investor, new or old, to say, hey, you know, when opportunities like this come up, you do have to act quickly if you're interested in participating in them because they go so quickly. Five years of waiting and then within, you know, five weeks almost or, or less, everything is gone. <clears throat> so even though there are a number of buildings in this project, only three of them, only three of the buildings are actually for sale condominium buildings. So uh, the first two are pretty much gone. And the last building, the third and final building, the Classic Series 2 on Front Street, the southwest corner of the entire site of the well, that's going to be going on sale very, very soon. So if you're interested in getting the, uh, the floor plans and pricing for Classic Series 2, make sure you do reach out and contact me, andrew at truecondos.com. Call me, 416-371-2333. Or just go to truecondos.com, type in the well, and sign up on the project page from truecondos.com for the well. 
and we'll make sure we'll get you that information to give you an opportunity. This is your final opportunity, as I mentioned, to get into the well. So, um, yeah, without further ado, here is my interview with Jim Ritchie from Tridel. Please enjoy. Thanks. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Really excited. So much to talk about. Um, first, I thought it'd be great just to hear. I want to hear. I'm curious, especially just to hear more about your story. How did you, you know, how did you get started in real estate? Well, that's a good question. Um, it wasn't a plan. You know, you don't you don't go to school and say we're we're going to get into the real estate development business and here, here's the uh, here's the route that you take. That, right. That doesn't exist. Exactly. In fact, if anything, I thought I might be an economist hmm. or, or you know a political science expert or science something like that. Okay. But, uh, uh, sometimes it's happenstance. Uh, I started with um, a Tridel a long, long time ago. In fact, it's really been the only uh, company that I've had the pleasure of working with. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I did not know that. I've worked in a number of different disciplines within the organization. It's 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 quite a large organization, and uh, there are many different areas. But I, I really started off in the business. I was on the property management side. Okay. And uh, actually based in Ottawa. And then okay. <coughs> in the uh, late 80s, um, uh, they asked me to move to Toronto. And uh, one so thing led to another. Are you from Ottawa? Yeah, I, you could say that. Yeah, I've been around a little bit. I was an Air Force brat, but we spent most of our time uh, in, the, it, in one particular spot would be Ottawa. So okay. that's where I originated from. So like, did you, did you go to school? Did you go to university? Like, what was yeah. the, what was the yeah. sort of genesis of, like you said, nobody... Nobody really says, "Hey, I want to work." For, well, while for going real through while going through school and uh, when I started university, I was actually working for a Tridel affiliate in Ottawa, okay, on a part-time basis, and it particularly started off in the, in the summers as a summer student. Yeah. So um, when I say I'm here for a lifetime, I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah. So literally, started as a, a Tridel affiliate as a teenager, as uh, I'd as, have been as a uh, university student. University students, uh, early twenties, late, late teens, early twenties, yeah. And then, from when you graduated university, you just immediately went right into had nothing else, no other offers, so <laughs> I stayed with Tridel. And that's uh, incredible. And I mean, I yeah, that's. I mean, how rare is that? Like, usually, the I ask this question a lot of people. It's, I was here, I was there, I tried this, I tried that, I, I and all of a sudden. Uh, Four careers later, you end up in real estate, kind of well, thing. But you're truly my story uh, might seem unique, but factually, in our in in our organization, there's quite a number that have similar stories. I mean, maybe not quite the same tenure, but mm -hmm. certainly in terms of a, of a career and uh, you know a number of decades to go behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not that rare here. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. It's a it's a larger company, but with family values and. We think we've got something good here, so you know, we, don't, we don't leave. So I didn't realize uh, that Tredo was involved in Ottawa. Is that is that still to this day, or no, was that no? Was that was an opportunity that uh, came about uh, actually before my time started. Uh, I guess in in the seventies, in the late seventies, and it ran till literally the early nineties. Mm -hmm. But the focus really has been uh, for our organization in the GTA. Yeah. So. Why Why have you spent your whole career with Tridel? Well, I, I believe it's a good place to, uh, to engage all your activities. <laughs> I mean, you're here so much, you know, in terms of a lifetime from, uh, 
you know, the, you know your daytime hours. So I mean, I'm, I guess question behind the question, you mu you must have been headhunted a million times over the over the well, years. Well, I don't know about a million times, uh, but th but there were certainly some opportunities. Yeah. But um, so, what is it about Tridel? Well, we have an organization that I think uh, has a number of attributes. We have a, certainly a large scale uh, that makes makes us uh, gives us an opportunity to do certain things. Um, we st we're small enough that we have family values, and the one thing that uh, resonated with me from from day one was that we always defaulted to do the right thing, and that was just something I was very comfortable with. Mm. And to that day, uh, from that day to till now, that's still the standard. So I'm here. Great, great. Is that is it like so? Do the right thing. Like, what are the what are the core kind of values or principles or guidelines that? Uh, you know, you personally that, that I guess resonate the most with you about. Well, you know, we've always wanted. Out. You know, we believe we're a leader in this industry. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a certain standard um, on a number of things, but our brand there's a representation that when you buy a Tridel home, yeah, um, there's a certain expectation in terms of the quality of the product, and and how you're going to be treated, and um, that comes first. And I think that has um, worked very well for this organization over the many, many years. The roots go back actually 85 years. Right. Um, the condo business for so us. It was, a, it was a very old company by the time you showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It goes um, back to I think the, the 30s. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's exactly like 85 years ago. How many ago. generations are we talking uh, about? Well, now? we're into the third. Third gen. Um, so, but the, yep. the founder immigrated uh, from Italy. He's yep. a stonemason. Right. And uh, built a single house in downtown Toronto in the 1930s. What house was there? It was on Lappin Avenue. It's still there? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Really? It's still there. there. There better be a plaque on that house. Yeah, yeah. There is there? There should be. I don't <laughs> think so. There should be. Lappin, where is that? Yeah, it's so the Bloor Dufferin area. Bloor Dufferin, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a um, big change. It's a long time ago. Now. Yeah. So you know it's grown from there mm -hmm. um, uh, to to where you know where we are today. Mm -hmm. so, so when you we started, um, the, it started with single family housing, right. obviously, and then got into yeah. uh, apartment building. Not too many condos in the 1930s. Uh, absolutely <laughs> none. Or 40s. Or none. Or 50s. So the very first condo, yeah, went, yeah. 1967, mm -hmm. legislation enabled that form of ownership in Ontario, and we weren't the first. Um, our first one showed up in 1968, and of all places in Oakville, oh, uh, so on Kerr really? Street. So that was the Tridel's number one uh, uh, condominium. And then uh, we've gone, you know, from there year over year and decade over decade to yeah. be the most prolific in terms of generating this condominium product yeah. in the province of Ontario. So how does the shift happen, or, or when does the shift fully happen from, like you said? the origin, the roots in low-rise and single-family homes, and now, correct me if I'm wrong, exclusively condominiums for a long time now. It's pretty much exclusively, or if it's not exclusively, it's because there's something that complements you know, the, the condominium product. Right. And today in our marketplace with mixed use, that's so prevalent because there's really nothing else available, and uh, you have to be have a little more imagination in terms of what the overall product's going to be, and the well's a great example. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it would be uh, the focus. That's what we do best. And that's what we want to focus on. So, but and when did that sort of when was it a conscious moment in time where okay we are now 
just going to do condominiums. This that, is, that happened in the 70s. Oh, that early on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So from now, that, that's not I mean, to say that you know in between we haven't yeah. done uh, you know some townhouses, but they complemented probably you know that development that we were doing at, right. at higher density in terms of high-rise condo. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know chasing subdivisions and single-family homes, etc. Yeah. Uh, really, the turning point uh, was in the 70s. Right. So, I mean, is, is, that, is that not a distinctive of Tridel as well, that you are just, you're so committed to Well, we like, we like to product. think so, yes. It is, right? Yes. Because yeah, a lot of builders, they dabble in both. Most, they do. But most builders. They do, and, and that certainly may work for do, them, right? but our, our focus has been, um, you know, a higher density. Yeah. Um, that, and served us well, and I think it served our customers very well. Yeah. And what about geography as well? I mean, it seems to me that's another distinctive of Tridel is a commitment to the GTA. Mm -hmm. Correct. Again, whereas most builders are... Well, when you look at the opportunities yeah. for this type of development, this high-rise development, mm -hmm. um, and in particular with, the, with condominium, there are not a lot of opportunities that have the depth and all of the things that make the condominium industry work that we see here in the GTA and Toronto in particular. Mm -hmm. um, there are certainly have been opportunities, you know, outside of Ontario. Yes. But frankly, um, we like it here. Right. And there's still a lot of opportunity on a go forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, whereas most builders are they're constantly looking further and further afield, the, the, the mentality of, it's too late, it's right. over, and even the well, individual... Well, you know, I certainly wouldn't subscribe to that. That's what I you mean. Know, some of the advantages of concentrating in this particular market, now the fact that it's the largest one in, in um, probably all of North America yeah. uh, helps, yeah. um, but uh, we have a trade base uh, that we've worked with for generations. Um, we have other opportunities here that present themselves you know, almost on a weekly basis, so right. and we like... Uh, the present, and we certainly like the long-term prospects of the condominium development business in the GTA. What, on the flip side of that, what is sort of what would you say is the greatest challenge, or the, the what are the main or the challenges that you face? Well, as, I as guess a, as a you know, high-rise the erosion of affordability. Today. Yeah, and there's many things that contribute to that, um, but it has always been relative affordability compared to to other built forms, and I suspect that that's going to continue to be the same. Um, the fact is that, you know, in the city of Toronto, a single-family home resells around $1.2 million, and the typical uh, condo uh, is selling almost half of that. Not quite. It's actually picked up, you know, the gap has, is, is not quite as large as it used to be. Mm -hmm. And in its own, that may not be affordable to everybody, but it's a relative affordability compared to other built forms. Right. So, you know, th that helps. Yeah. But, like in everything else, there are, we've seen cost pressures uh, in many different disciplines, and it, it, it affects, obviously, the, uh, the price of the home. Hmm. When you hear, speaking of the Toronto market, and when, when, you, when you hear things like Toronto has the most you know, cranes uh, of any city in North America. And we do. And, 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 and Tridel is probably responsible for mo half <laughs> of them. But I when wish, you hear... But when you hear <laughs> And you sort of the, the pessimists coming at us and, and saying, you know, it's it's too much. It's it's all going to collapse. Uh, we're building too many condos. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, it's the same well, thing as always. But I'm curious what your perspective is, you know, on that and, and how Toronto, in particular, how does Toronto compare and why are we so different 
from all these other places? What do you, how do you see it? Well, Toronto has many unique advantages. The, the fact is that um, for our real estate industry uh, to be viable, we need a very good economy. We need, obviously, an interest rate environment that supports these very large purchases with mortgages. And we need a population that continues to grow. I think those are the, the, the three most important things. I mean, there's so many nuances. We could talk about hours about all these little things that affect our market one way or another. Mm -hmm. But without this economy, without this population growth that we see year over year, and without an interest rate environment that's supportive, the rest of it is, you know, it's, it's interesting, but they're not, it's, not the big, it's not the big item. Mm -hmm. I, I think those are the biggest drivers. Yeah. What, um, is there anything on the horizon or is anything happening now that is worrisome to you or concerning to you um, regarding the market? Or is there, is there a storm cloud that you're saying that you're kind of keeping an eye on in, in, the, in, the, far, in the distance? Well, I can tell you that a few years ago, I was a bit concerned about the velocity of the sales yeah. and the year-over-year increases in the valuations of, yeah. of the condominiums that were being sold. Right. It happened rather quickly. Um, we, we have been a market for years that always saw year-over-year -year increases, but they were single-digit and, and quite manageable. Yes. Um, so I thought that was a, a scenario that could not be sustained. It cannot be, um, but we, we seem to be back now to, I, you know, I'm going to frame it as a more balanced market, and I'm saying it's balanced just in compared to you know, what we saw you know, three years ago. Um, our industry seems to be able to uh, sell and build about 20,000 condominium units in the GTA annually. Right. That's something. Uh, that's a, a which, by the way, yeah. on its own, uh, even though it's down from the peak, um, is still the largest on on the continent. Yeah. By a lot. Yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, that's something that we've heard and, and has been proposed uh, as, as sort of. Uh, you know, what's driving the sort of cap on supply uh, has been talked about for at least the last 10 years that I've been listening, uh, this idea that we can only build so many per year. And like you say, it's somewhere around 20, 25,000 condos. Um, it's very tough to get to 25. Yeah. I mean, the, Why is the, that? Because like, of the trade base. Yeah. You know, they, they are operating uh, full out. Um, and I think if, that, if there was a, we don't experience this concern because of our long-term relationships with, with the trades and the right. GTA, but uh, newer developers uh, who don't have the same track record and don't have the same access to the trades that we do are probably A, paying too much, and secondly, are not getting the trades or not getting the quality trades. Mm -hmm. So that's a challenge. I think that the, the, the tier one developers in the GTA can manage that, um, but otherwise, I'd be, I'd be a bit concerned if I was getting into this condo development business for the first time. Yeah. And, and so much of it, I think, as you alluded to, goes to the brand of Tridel. And, and I th I'm thinking back, I remember you were quoted, and I want to say it was around, it was the launch of 10 York. Mm -hmm. I remember a quote from you in the Star or something like that. And well, you got you a know, good memory because that's a few years ago. Yeah, this is going back. Uh, um, and, and, you know, they were talking about, the, the, it was a slow market at the time. A lot of condo buildings were launching oh, and true. not selling. Yeah. And I just remember you, the 10 York launch at the time did very, very well. And I just remember you, you your quote was something to the effect of, you know, if you have good product, good builder, good location, it's selling. 
It's so on. Um, and but while I think while that's still while today. the while the the B tier builders and stuff or B tier locations are struggling, like you said, the 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 Tridels of the world in in the great locations are the the product is is still moving very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's to the brand. That speaks yeah. to the brand again. Yeah, which we've worked very hard. Yeah, to maintain that position. Do you keep any? I'm curious. I just throw this out there, but do you have stats or do you, do you track this stuff like repeat buyers in your new condos? Like, do you, we you must have a very high percentage of we do a following I mean, we, of people I mean, who are well, buy sold to again and thousands again. and thousands and thousands yeah. of, uh, of homeowners. So, um, it, you know, it depends where. Yeah. And uh, our market, as you know, is is very diverse. Yeah. You know, people talk about a condo market. Right, but we know that it's made up of many, many submarkets, and and many people buy for different reasons. Yeah. So you can design a condominium in the core of the city with very, very small suites, and probably directed to the investor market completely. Mm-hmm. But there's opportunities in the city in different submarkets uh, for different buyer profiles, which we tend to um, move towards quite frequently. Uh, to balance off what might be happening just strictly with investors. So a, a community in Lawrence Park, or more particularly in terms of what we just released in uh, in the Kingsway, mm-hmm. um, at Royal York in the Kingsway, is really directed to a, a, an end user, right. and it's a larger condominium home. It's a bit more expensive, uh, but there's certainly a market for that. Mm-hmm. So we tend, sometimes in that market, they could be first-time condo buyers because they've never experienced it before. They're coming out of a single family right. home. Or people that are buying in other more dense urban environments, you know, are buying for many reasons over and over again from Tridel mm-hmm. um, over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I just I've just noticed that time our, time again. Our focus, we know that in you know, we're a home builder. Yeah. So whether that home builder originally is the end user uh, who bought specifically to be there or it was because they thought it would be an investment and they're going to rent it out and somebody else is going to live there. One way or another, our focus is our buyer is a home is a homeowner and the attributes flow from there. What's your what's your message to the home buyer of today in the market, uh, particularly the first time buyer or the first time investor? Like what you know, what advice or what um, what message would you would you give to somebody sitting here and, and they're saying I'm looking to get into the market for the first time, or I'm looking to invest for the first time. So I, you know, th- there's a number of things that come to mind there. Obviously, we would want that purchaser to understand the process. It's not exactly straightforward. It can be complicated. Um, there's a bit of a journey from the original acquisition to when you take title. Mm-hmm. If they've never been through that before, they need to have a basic understanding, at least a basic understanding. The mechanics of it. Somebody who's buying for their personal use, it's not that, it's really not that different. Um, obviously, the end goal is a little bit different, but mm-hmm. very, very similar. So we want them to know that there are risks in this development process. The fact that you're buying from us 
you've already mitigated some of those risks mm -hmm. because we will deliver the product. Right. Which it's crazy to say, but yeah, that, that is actually a very important <laughs> piece we'll, we'll in today's and market. We'll, and right? we'll also deliver it without, yeah. I mean, it's not to say that we're 100% perfect all the time, but sure. where we have those challenges, we're there, we're responsive, we'll deal with it. If, if a prospective buyer would go to carry on and look up our track record in terms of chargeable conciliation, um, which is something any consumer can do with any builder that's registered in the province. Mm -hmm. For the volume that we have and for the amount of time that we've been there, we do not have a single chargeable conciliation, not one, ever. Wow. wow. So that's a pretty good track record. That's not bad, yeah. Yeah, considering a our volume. <laughs> 80,000, uh, not one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. But what, um, what would be your, what would be your uh, message to, to somebody just in terms of is is it a good time to buy right now? Particularly your, your product. Is it a good time to buy a Tridel pre-construction condo right now? Well, coming from me, I guess I'm going to say yes. I think Of course, but from, why? Well, <laughs> I think historically um, you can look at the track record of real estate mm -hmm. and in as much as there's, there's always risk involved, but over the long, over the long period of time, um, Many people have done very well by holding a real estate asset. And in many people today, most of, most of the assets they have are in their home. So, I mean, we treat the condominium as a home. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's obviously a, a large investment, whether you are an occupier of this home or whether you're an investor. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it's just over time has proven to be a reasonably good, um, uh, I was going to say investment, but I guess it's a word you like to use because you mostly deal with investors, yep. but we tend, our focus always is with homeowners, but, right. but I guess you can use the word investment. Yeah, well, your homeowners have made very good investments, I guess. They <laughs> certainly have. <laughs> They've done very well with their investments for the, for the vast, vast majority. Um, I mean, we don't, we don't advise people in terms of investments. We don't give you know, sure. projections, all that kind of stuff, because that's not our focus. Yeah, yeah, no, it's no. just the nature of the product. Yeah. Um, if you held it long enough, you've done reasonably well yeah. in this marketplace. Right. Um, and I think that if you have a long-term vision, you're not buying this product to try and sell before it's delivered, or I guess the word is flip, some of the vernacular with investors, that's not something that uh, we would encourage, right. or in fact even allow with our agreements. Um, a longer-term vision, you will do well. Short-term, there's always little bumps in the road, or, or certainly can be. Right, um, but I think historically things look pretty good. I want to talk about the well, obviously, and, and getting ready to launch the the classic uh, two building. But looking at downtown Toronto in particular, that's you know the submarket uh, of the GTA that you know our investors are obviously most interested in. Historically, has been where most of the condominiums have been built. Um, what is you know how there's so much going on downtown like it's mm -hmm. you can't even keep up with even for us like in the industry in the business every day it's just proposal after proposal and mega proposals it seems like every other week mm -hmm. um, happening all over downtown like the well for example you know one of the most biggest scale type proposals ever downtown and it's like there's several other of similar kind of right. size coming Well, that's coming what along. we find so exciting with the yeah. well because just the, 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 unique, the unique opportunity that it presents simply from its scale and what it represents. Yeah. So when you talk about <coughs> mixed use, <laughs> I can't think of something that uh, 
It would set the benchmark for mixed use. I think it just changed the dictionary. You look up mixed use, the well is is a picture of the well. So (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's the the definition. (laughs) I mean, it's. it's Well, that's good. I'll take your word for that. Yeah. But the the fact is that it it has many different classes of real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have world class developers that are participating in bringing this thing together. I mean, it's that large. It wasn't. I don't think there's one single developer that could take this on on its own. Right. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we have, you know, the pleasure of, of presenting our three condominium buildings, uh, plus there's an additional uh, three purpose-built rental buildings. There's an outstanding Class A office building, and it all sits on a podium of, about, of approximately 500,000 square feet of, of retail. So when you bring uh, people like Rio Can when you bring people like Allied, ourselves, and uh, another entity uh, called uh, Woodburn that will be owning uh, the uh, the rental component, okay. um, you've got a pretty interesting team. And this just doesn't exist in terms of development today uh, right. in the marketplace. So we, we've thought that it would be a very, very unique opportunity. We were very excited to be involved with it. And what makes it even more unique is that the entire thing all three million square feet above grade and a million and a half square feet below grade. There's a city below this block that we're building just to make everything work. Is all under construction right now. Yeah. The in- Incredible. entire thing will be delivered yeah. uh, in the end of 22 into 27. Six cranes or seven? I think we're at eight. You're at eight now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep up. And probably more. More coming. Yeah. Wow. Eight cranes on the site right now. Yeah. Uh, one of the largest construction sites anywhere. Um, as you, you spread it off some of the numbers, I mean, it's just staggering. It's such a unique, um, such a unique development. Um, how, like, what's your what's your feeling? Like, where is downtown going? Like, where where does Toronto go from here? Like, you know, ten years from now, like, what are we looking back and, and, and seeing? Like, is are we? Well, is this you do buy into the you know becoming a world class city, becoming like a New York type? Well, that's like, a phrase that gets it? thrown around a lot. Yeah. I think. Um, you know, a world class, I guess you could call it that if you want. I think it's certainly Toronto class. I think Toronto has like that. yeah, attributes cool. <laughs> that are the envy of the world. Patent so, this, patent that. Yeah. Toronto class. But, I like it. But, but we <laughs> like it because um, I don't think you can compare what we do as a city and some of the attributes that accrue to the development of industry in Toronto. It's kind of unique. Each city has something a little bit different. But... Um, this industry uh, has done well. Uh, we certainly have some struggles in terms of cost and all the other nuances that come together in the development business. But um, I, I think it's one of the more outstanding industries in terms of the depth of the experience and the quality of the product. Um, and for the most part, uh, and there are some bit players, but uh, you're going to get you know what you buy, and it's going to be delivered uh, in in a manner that uh, is probably best in most of those other world class cities that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So we have our own attributes, and I think Toronto class is a very very high standard. What do you think about a big a big theme, and especially this past year, is is the tech industry boom downtown, and, and there's a you know Google and Microsoft. Well, it's and a Uber. big driver, and, and it's you have a big driver of the success. The Shopify at the well, at the well. yeah, is yeah. a good example. So let's yeah. Is that how real well, is that? Well, everything that's going on, even in King West. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, th- I think Allied and Rio Can did an exceptional job positioning, you know, that component of mm-hmm. the project to to 
you know, that industry okay. and to what it represents. And, you know, there isn't a week that goes by where we're not reading or hearing about some success from a tech perspective that exists in Toronto. Yeah. It's a big part of our economy. Yeah. And I think the well is successful also because of that. Right. And certainly other opportunities in, in the city. Yeah. When we talk about all these new office developments that are being announced, and tech has a lot to do with it. Where do you see prices going from here downtown in particular? I mean, we've, as you said, there was major run-up in prices, uh, you know, 2016, 2017, heading in, you know, 2018. But prices are still going up. Uh, they are. Not I don't think you're going to see, well, definitively are not going to see uh, the big jumps uh, that we experienced several years ago. <coughs> but, you know, mid-single digit to upper single digit, I think is, is reasonable and probably what we would experience, but I would qualify that again on what and where. Right. Because this industry and all condominiums are not treated equal. <laughs> so when you have an opportunity in a AAA location with the attributes that we've described at the well or, in, or other places in the city, mm -hmm. certainly that have pro very close proximity to mass transit, subways in particular, they're always a differentiator. Mm -hmm. So. Overall, will the industry do well? I think so. Um, some will do better than others. Right. So we have to pick this thing carefully. We do. We do. Um, you talked a little, you know, there's so much you can get. We can talk for an hour just on the well and the attributes of the well and, and the various components of it. You've, you've covered them off in terms of, you know, the, the retail and the, and the commercial and, and and the fact that it's all being built together and all the the, the major Our you know, blue chip partners all involved. That. I yeah. mean, what it represents. The fact is that uh, even in a Rio Can is, is putting together an 80,000 square foot marketplace simply to, you know, the whole thing about experiencing food. Yeah. All things. Yeah. So maybe a, mo a modern take on maybe what the St. Lawrence market represents. Mm. Um, but again, just a very, very short yeah. walk from, from, uh, from your home. From your front door, yeah. In fact, is the the office component is going to generate something like 5,500 jobs. The retail wow. component, when it's uh, fully restuffed, will have about 1,200 workers. We know that the residential component is something in the order of 30. It'll be about 3,500 people living there. I don't know how many dogs, but I'm sure it'll be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we've really created a little city. Yeah. Um, you know, within you know within a big city. Yeah. And one of my favorite components of, of the whole thing is just is simply the, the beautiful glass canopy mm -hmm. that you have uh, planned, the undulating glass canopy uh, over, I guess it's primarily the, the retail and the restaurants and the, right. and the marketplace, well, I believe, I, right? The real can and allied vision is something that this obviously will service the local community. We, we know just uh, from, from uh, the various economic studies that we've done that even the, the people that live in the well, the economic output that will be generated in terms of serving, you know, using the retail components immediately in the well, but also you know, within a reasonable walking distance of the well is incredible. Mm. But they also see it as a destination. Um, and the manner of this canopy that creates an open space, which is very easy to access uh, you know, from any uh, street yeah. leading into the well. Right. Provides an opportunity you know, for any of the pedestrian people to walk by. It's open 
probably dispatched by environment, so that it's yeah. like the snow and the cold, etc. No, but that's it a, makes a, for a very interesting environment from a shopping experience. Right. Okay. And it's an incredible experience. Right. So it, it, I think that was some, some of inspiration that helped with this design. Yeah. But uh, it's got a Canadian flavor to it. Yeah. It's like, have you been to the distillery district? Oh, yeah, it's great. Have you been there when it's raining? No. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not a good... And they will be protected. That's what I mean. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's about... Uh, I interpret it as, you know, it's about doing it right. Like, you don't really have to do something like that. I mean... Most people wouldn't really, off the street, they wouldn't even notice that that canopy is not there. They would just see the retail and see the courtyards and say, oh, that's amazing, that's cool, there's nothing like it. When you add that canopy and then it's this beautiful architectural undulating you know, piece, uh, it just, and you know, it, and the size of it. Square feet, so and it's just, feet. yeah, it's just drawing people in. It's the destination. It's like, you know, it's like the new bullseye in King West kind of thing. Um, do you have any insight or, or, or can you share anything with us? I know you've been involved in some conversations about uh, the rail deck park. Anything, uh, do you think that's going to happen? Obviously that would uh, be right well, at, right on the doorstep of the well, rail deck park. We, we know that there's a bit of a journey. Um, I, I know that the city is determined mm -hmm. um, and they, they're putting all the, um, all the planning and the process in place to, to get there. Um, I can't tell you definitively whether they're going to be successful, but if you talk to... Yeah. In your, opi in your opinion, do you think? What do you think? Well, we, we think it's going to be an amazing amenity. Uh, Absolutely, that will transform yeah. uh, that area of the city beyond any expectation. And uh, we're, we're, we're very... You want it to happen, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> you very much... Anything you can do to make it happen, yeah. I'm sure you're doing. Yeah, it, that journey is in the hands of the, yeah. city, of the city of Toronto. I, I know that uh, there is uh, a willingness yeah. and a plan to get there. Right. Um, but it's beyond our scope to yeah. tell you whether or not it's actually going to happen. Um, do we want it to happen? 100%. Yeah. And talk to me. You mentioned last time we were discussing about the the future connectivity, so to speak, uh, underground in terms of. Uh, well, the future proofing the well, yeah. Made at the well that would allow, um, and this would depend on a lot of the development coming together, uh, but would allow eventually some access to a path system. Yep. Um, if, if we have a smart track uh, connection right at that uh, corner uh, with provisions uh, with access to that. So there are a number of things that could happen uh, down the road, uh, all very good. Mm -hmm. um, so we look, we look forward to um, you know, the city bringing these things forward over the years. So the well, uh, the third and final condominium building is launching very soon. The I guess the official name is Classic Series Two. Yes. Uh, what do what do we need to know about about this building? Well, this one's quite unique. Um, the, the its predecessor, which is the Classic Series One, yeah, is a, a, a four hundred seat building. Right. Uh, so it's a fair amount of density. We certainly are bigger in the city, but yeah. it's still a big building. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, it's now uh, it's well over 90% sold. So we, we're moving forward with uh, the second uh, phase of that grouping on French Street. So it's a bit smaller. It's 258 suites. Um, mm -hmm. it, 
it has more from a per, uh, percentage wise, percentile wise in terms of two bedrooms. Um, we think there's always a great niche for two bedrooms, particularly between 800 and say about 1,100 square feet. Mm. So because there are few corridors uh, that are, are favorable um, with uh, classic two, we size the product up a little bit. We're still going to have uh, great opportunities with ones and ones and dens, uh, but we also have more uh, mid-sized two bedrooms simply because it was so successful in terms of our other offerings in that mm -hmm. community. Yeah. So we're very optimistic in terms of how this will, will work out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be another home run. And an important message, I think, for people, too, and, and that's something I, communicating with buyers a lot, I found is, is people did, don't realize that there's only three buildings for sale. That's correct. Um, they see all the buildings and the renderings, and they think, ah, I'll get one somewhere in there. There's plenty of buildings around here. Uh, this, is, this is your last chance, mm -hmm. this building, also, to buy. The total number of condominium suites at the well is about 750. This is mm -hmm. the last 258 that's going to the marketplace now. Um, the other residential buildings, are, as I mentioned earlier, are, are purpose-built rentals. Yeah. And then the big building, <laughs> the 1.1 million square feet, is the uh, is the office building, which right. Um, a, a Shopify, the, yeah, is taking uh, well, they're taking a big piece, big of piece of it. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, under the purview of uh, Rio Can and Allied. And right. And how, so 750 condos and well, 950 purpose-built rentals. rentals. So more rentals than condos. So condos, all different sizes and opportunities there. What's yeah. interesting is that um, there are only three residential buildings on Wellington Street, and you know we typically have types between the 12 to 14 floor somewhere yep. in that range. Uh, smaller in terms of exposure to the street and the relationship to Wellington, which will be transformed. Sort of a forgotten street of, of downtown. You want to talk about yeah. class, right. You walk up and down Wellington. Yeah. It's, it's a very unique uh, It's all, yeah. It's always been one of those streets where you, you find yourself on you know in years past you found yourself on Wellington for some reason, and so you look around. It's so beautiful. It's just even within the the well development on its own as a point of differentiation, the product that's on Wellington is very very different from what is on Front Street. So our condominium offering on Wellington Street uh, in a 14-story building has only had 98 suites because we think that there's a marketplace for larger suites in a great location in the urban core with the access to the amenities that we just described. So there's only 98. So the sizes are much larger, and the average price in that building is about $2.5 million. And so that's a unique offering. But even the two rental buildings that we're doing on, uh, on Wellington similar, not quite as large in terms of the average size, uh, but they will be large, something that you don't typically see mm -hmm. in the purpose-built rental market in the city. So it's a different offering for a, a, a different segment of the marketplace. Jim, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much again for chatting with me today. Is there anything else that, any other question I did not ask you, but you wished I had have asked you? The height and weight are something new. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, I What's your sign? <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Uh, all the best with uh, with obviously the final building at the well and, and many other buildings, which we didn't even talk about, didn't have time for. But 
Um, look forward to hopefully speaking to you again on the show soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.